and welcome to episode four of the Rehumanize podcast. So the meat of this episode uh, was recorded down in New Orleans, Louisiana, a couple weeks ago at the 2019 Pro-Life Women's Conference. While I was there, I was able to catch a couple of really fantastic pro-life artists and kind of pick their brains a little bit about art and its use in the pro-life movement. Um, So first up, I'll have Sherry Rose, who was one of the first prize winners for the second annual Pro-Life Women's Conference art show. Uh, Rehumanize was really proud to sponsor that event again this year. Um, And so I was able to talk to Sherry and she kind of explains a little bit about her thought process behind that piece. And we discuss a little more about the importance of, of art in this movement. And then right after that, I was able to speak briefly with Jason Jones, who is a pro-life film producer. Um, He's also the president and founder of Movie to Movement, which is all about just promoting the dignity of the human person through movies. Uh, So yeah, both conversations were really great, um, and I hope you enjoy. So I am here today at the Pro-Life Women's Conference in New Orleans, and I am right now sitting here with Sherry Rose, one of the first prize winners of the Pro-Life Women's Conference art show. Uh, so I, Sherry, if you'd like to introduce yourself real quick. Hi, yes, uh, I'm an illustrator. Right now I do character illustrations, and um, yeah, I'm also a mom of five. I'm pregnant right now with number five, so um, I'm almost 16 weeks along, so if I sound out of breath, that's why. <laughs> and uh, this is my second pro-life women's conference. I come from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, for anybody following the news, obviously Alabama's been getting a lot of attention, so I'm um, really proud of what's going on in my state, but there's always more to be done to help encourage, promote, and uh, uphold culture of life. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is born and raised in Alabama, I really, really appreciate what Sherry does. War Eagle. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sherry, first question, what inspires you as an artist? You know, everything. It's usually in the moment. Uh, being an artist for me is uh, very much a part of who I am. It's like breathing. So... Um, I guess that's a simplified version. I could ramble on about it, but I think that would really be what it is. It's just that's a very inherent part of who I am as a person, you know, how I think, how I see, and how I talk. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side, what inspires you as a pro-lifer? What drives your pro-life activism? Um, my focus is on the abortion issue and um, just the... I think it's wanting to protect someone who doesn't have a voice, who who doesn't have. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> Prager's brain. I'm really slow. You're here. okay. I know there's a lot going on. There is, yeah. And I'm like trying to catch my breath. Um, but yeah, it's it's really just a uh, wanting to intervene for someone who can't 
speak for themselves, who can't protect themselves. You know, uh, life at the earliest stages, you know, that's, those are the most vulnerable and innocent members of our human family. Mm-hmm. And it is by their very nature uh, to be protected by all the human beings, uh, you know, who are bigger and stronger than them. And so um, I think probably for everyone, there's like a gradual buildup to that big moment because it wasn't just one moment for me, but it was just something that kind of layered upon layer. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that probably surprises it. Okay, great. Um, all right. Are there any artists who specifically, were there any artists that you really look up to, especially if they did work kind of in this, um, that was a little bit politically charged, kind of like this is? So as far as, um, you know, for me, I always, I, I always get drawn towards illustration styles. And, um, you know, there's some names that come to mind. Frazetta, like, for instance, the image that I submitted this year, uh, very much Frazetta and uh, Alfonso Mucha inspired, kind of a blend of the two. Um, so I usually get inspiration from different visual styles as far as how I want to present my work. Um, and I'm kind of... Um, it's in a lull right now because, like I said, I'm a mom uh, full-time and I'm running a house, you know, and raising the kids. So it, it's kind of sporadic when I do my art. Uh, I do want to improve on it. There's always, to me, like, there's always room for improvement. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoy looking up other artists. John Howe, you know, and Alan Lee, who did the Lord of the Rings uh, concept art. There's some, I mean, goodness, I could go on and on. I love um, the gorillas artwork. Is it Jamie Hewlett? I pronounce his name right. There's just so many. I, I just love illustration. Um, as far as, uh, um, you know, for political or, you know, social issues, you know, it's been really hard to find them because I tend to be more conservative slash libertarian and then being pro-life. And this is actually something that compelled me to start a group for supporting pro-life artists because we have to usually self-censor. Uh, in order to keep our our artist networks and to keep our jobs, because being an artist is very competitive if you want to be able to make a living out of it. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's a lot of different things that I see need work, and that's something that uh, that's be, been more and more my focus. I mean, I love to do illustration, and I'd, I'd love to do more of it, but I think this is something that needs to happen now because uh, too often pro-life uh, creative people are isolated. They don't feel safe to speak out, and I want to help them feel safe. I want to help them connect with each other. And so that's why I started my support group, Pro-Life Entertainers and Artists, uh, it's in its baby stages right now, uh, but I'm looking forward to expanding it. And uh, it's very intimidating because there's a lot of big adulting steps that need to be taken that I'm not familiar with. But I know it's the right thing to do. I know it's needed. It's a very, uh, it's kind of a, a wild land, you know, it's untouched. And I think that it's time to explore that and to uh, start building there. And that's what I'm hoping to do. Absolutely. That's so awesome. And I love the pro-life entertainers and artists group. Yes, yes. <laughs> so thank you for bringing that up. Yes. Um, and then kind of in that realm, I guess, uh, another question I had was, what kind of art do you wish we had more of in the pro-life movement? Obviously, you're focused on visual artwork. Right. Is there anything you wish we had more of? Okay, so to me, any kind of good art, whether it's visual, whether it's theater, whether it's music, writing, it tells a good story. Mm-hmm. That's what I, you know, I always get drawn in by a good story. Um, and I think that's what creatives, you know, or anybody who's pro-life, if you want to uh, really make an impact is being able to tell 
a story well. And, you know, you saw that with Unplanned. That did a very good job mm -hmm. telling a story. I have not seen Gosnell, but I heard that one is good. That one was fantastic. I don't know if I can watch it now because it's just too close to home for me right now, but mm -hmm. I do intend to see it one day. Um, I think Bella, that one was very good. Mm -hmm. That one was great. So I think that's what we should focus on is maybe – Make sure we are telling stories well and not making it cheesy. You know, I've heard some people say, yeah, you know, I'm glad that they're sending the message, but they sound so cheesy. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's where we could improve is, and, and there is really talented people out there. It's just, again, you know, a lot of them have to self-censor to protect their jobs. So mm -hmm. hopefully uh, as, and I'm calling it plea, that's the, <laughs> uh, you know, just to keep it easier to remember mm -hmm. and say, um, I'm hoping as that uh, group grows and expands, more pro-life people who were silent, who you didn't even know were there, will feel like, oh, I can speak up now. And then we're going to, you know, I've been finding more and more, I mean, not just like, oh, well, I can draw, but people who are like solid, mm -hmm. you know, they're professionals. They're not just like, well, I do it for a hobby, which is fine too. That's great. But for the professionals, it's just like, wow, you know, I'm so glad I found you. I didn't even know you were out there. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, uh, going back to it, just uh, being able to tell stories well, I think that's what we need mm -hmm. as far as the arts, pro-life art stuff goes. I would totally agree right. with that. And I mean, really, it takes people creating in the first place to get to that yes. point, to get to where it's not cheesy anymore. <laughs> yes, and that, that's another thing. Any any kind of art, not just pro-life stuff, any kind of art, you know, be willing to accept critiques mm -hmm. because that's how you get better. That's so I thrive off of critiques. I love them. Like, seriously, I just like, please tell me how I can prove, <laughs> you know, I love that stuff. I will not be offended. And I don't know how every single other creative type works, but that's something I encourage, you know, is if you get a critique on something, please don't be like all offended and stuff. Be like, oh, mm -hmm. well, okay. I can kind of see what they're saying. It doesn't mean you have to do exactly what they say, but then you're getting another perspective on it and you need to know your audience. That's another big one is mm -hmm. know your audience because you know who are you trying to communicate with why you know think about what you're trying to do are you just self-expressing are you trying to change someone's mind are you trying to reach someone where they're at there's so many different questions to ask mm -hmm. and and knowing your audience is a huge part of that and I think for us uh, creative types you know we're in our in our respective art communities the entertainment industry our audience tends to be uh, more in favor of abortion advocacy so we have to keep that in mind mm -hmm. um, in order to uh, make good stories that will hopefully reach them. And I don't have an answer to that right now, but I'll bet you there's some really creative people who do. And mm -hmm. if you get enough of them to work together, uh, I think we'll come up with some good stuff. Exactly. I would agree. And would you like to talk specifically about the piece you submitted and won Absolutely. Uh, for this year's contest? It's called Conviction. Yes. Um, and I, I kind of like gave her a little extra label because I have <laughs> another piece that I did actually 10 years ago. Uh, called Lady Liberty, and they both have a very similar facial expression. So, you know, I'm like, well, I think they're sisters, so I call her Lady Conviction. Um, the way it started was I wanted an image that unified people, because I know, you know, unfortunately we have some infighting in the pro-life movement, and that really hurts us. You know, it does, it's not just that it makes us look bad, it's just things get slowed down, and we got lives on the line, we've got women's health on the line, we've got a lot at stake here. So we really don't have, we, we can't afford that, and I wanted something unifying. So what I did was I reached out to several different women who do pro-life work, and I just did interviews. And I really enjoyed that part because it was, you know, I got to really know them. You know, most of these people I never met before in person, or if I did, it was very brief. So I really got to know each of these women and hear their life story, and we got to just share. You know, it was like it, it sucked having to hang up the phone and go, but, we, you know, we got lives going on, so we had to. 
And um, so I had a set of questions for everybody. And what I wanted to do was um, find the unifying elements in each one. And, you know, even though everybody came from a different place, they went through different trials and they had different things that were, you know, that different challenges and also different rewards. I wanted to get that sensation that they could each identify with and hopefully every single other pro-life woman who's who's doing whatever work she can, you know, and there's nothing too small, okay? There's nothing too small. And so my goal is, you know, for every person who sees uh, this image is to feel encouraged to be like, hey, yes, you have walked through many battles, you have endured them, and it's worth it. And, you know, here's, here's where you are, here's where you've been, here's what you have to look forward to, and look at what you are protecting and upholding and um, I think that summarizes it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I could go on and on because <laughs> I like to ramble, but yeah. I love it. And we'll include a, I'll include a link to that piece so that anyone listening in who Wonderful. may not have seen it yet can check yes. that out. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Awesome. All right. And then I'm going to ask one final question. Okay. Do you have anything you would like to say to women on the other side of the aisle, uh, pro-choice women who might happen to find themselves on this podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll share something with you. So I, I'm from Alabama, and we just had the uh, new law signed. And, of course, it was very upsetting to a lot of pro-choice people. There were rallies all over the state, and I'm in Huntsville. So there was a pro-choice rally that following Sunday. So I went with the uh, small group of counter-protesters there. Uh, and the point of it was to not be combative. And a big reason why we were there was, you know, there's a lot of misinformation and untrue things being said, like, well, you know, oh, these pro-life people, they don't care, you know, they don't care about people after they're born. What about all the, you know, all these things, which are very important issues, but, you know, they kind of turned into a boogeyman. It's like, okay, we're not really boogeyman. We're real people and we really do care. And it was an opportunity to get them to see who we really are, not just the stereotypes that get thrown around like, you know, like it's candy or something. And so that's what we did um, and what, you know, we wanted to respect their space. We didn't go up to where the main tent was. And um, there were some people who had come up to us, and I used that as an opportunity to say, hey, thank you for coming out and exercising your free speech rights. And that's basically what I have to say to any pro-choice people who are listening uh, is, you know, please keep exercising your freedom of speech because, you know, censorship is not going to help anything. We need to keep exchanging ideas. We need to have civil dialogue uh, because without that, we're not going to make any positive changes. And, you know, it's okay to disagree. It really is. We just have to do it in a respectful manner. So please don't stop talking. Please keep talking. Just, you know, please do it civilly. Um, and absolutely welcome the dialogue because we need it. Without that dialogue, we're not going to get anywhere. Uh, so, yeah, free speech, absolutely. I think, absolutely. you know, please keep talking. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you, for thank coming you on. Maria. And it's so good to see you. <laughs> so good to see you, too. Hi, I'm Jason Jones, My name, and uh, hi, Maria. I do one thing, two ways. You know, my mission is, my work is to protect the vulnerable from violence 
And we do that two ways, which is to tell the truth about the human person. And that is that the human person is the most beautiful created thing in the cosmos with an incomparable dignity, beauty, and worth, and to inspire solidarity with the vulnerable. And that's all I do. Okay, great. All right, so what inspires you as an artist, first of all? I mean, what I'm, I'm mesmerized by the human person, so that's, mm -hmm. you know, and so as a young person, I was exposed, my first child was destroyed by a forced abortion in the third trimester. I was 17 when that happened, and then I was a young soldier who was deployed overseas. And so as a young soldier exposed to violence, that's when I, I really committed myself to, to just wanting to live my life, standing between the vulnerable and the violent. Mm -hmm. And even though I was an atheist, I saw this profound dignity in the human person. Mm -hmm. And that's really it. If you ask what I want to communicate, it's that the human person has this beauty and dignity, which I have always seen by the grace of God. Even all those years, I was an atheist in the pro-life movement until I was 31, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was actually searching for an anthropology to support the self-evident beauty of the human person that led me to Catholicism because I thought it had an anthropology that explained to me what was obvious. That's awesome. Yeah. So when I make a movie, that's my goal is that people leave the theater mm -hmm. or shut off their iPhone or whatever they watch our little film on or movie on, mm -hmm. um, that they have a, an elevated understanding, a more accurate understanding of the nature of the human person. Okay. That's great. Um, are there any artists that you look up to? I love Terrence Malick. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think he does an incredible job of that. Um, but I've also been really influenced by the anthropologist Rene Girard. I would say he's had the biggest impact on me. And because Rene Girard had such a, I don't know if you're familiar, are you familiar with Rene Girard? I'm not, no. No, what is this? Is this a podcast? It is, yes. It's so a humanized podcast. You all have to just... <laughs> don't listen to me and just go YouTube Rene Girard's lectures and interviews. Okay, great. Because Rene Girard just had a beautiful way of um, communicating how beautiful the human person is. Mm -hmm. Actually, you just look at him and he's, he communicates it at how mm -hmm. he smiles. And he's just a beautiful human being. He passed away in like his 90s about two years ago. Oh, wow. But so I've, you know, what Rene Girard helped me understand is um, that really at the heart of what we're all called to do is stand next to the vulnerable and with the vulnerable. But when you do that, you become as vulnerable as they are. And so what I love about your organization is it's easy to pick a vulnerable community and stand with them. But when you say I'm all, because communities become vulnerable and they're not vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And some, in some tribes, it's okay to speak for this vulnerable community, but not that vulnerable community. But when you make a statement that every human being has an incomparable dignity and beauty and worth from the child in the womb to the child in Darfur, mm -hmm. then it becomes a real challenge and you're constantly vulnerable yourself. Absolutely. And so Rene Girard helped me understand. I used to think I'm a failure at what I do. I'm like, must I always be alienating somebody? Mm -hmm. Must I always be putting my business or my career in jeopardy? And what Rene Girard helped me understand is, of course, yes, that's the nature of what we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, what kind of art do you wish we had more of in the pro-life? Hmm. I don't know. I think I'm a big believer in disunity. Mm -hmm. I wrote an article you can maybe link to called A Call to Disunity. I asked for the pro-life movement to be more disunified. Oh. And what I mean by that is that a lot of times when people say they want unity, they, I think what they mean is they want uniformity or they want to be homogenized as a movement. Mm -hmm. But like looking at you, like <laughs> no one like you was in the pro-life movement in 1994. Maybe they were, but they didn't feel they could you're express themselves. <laughs> I was an atheist, so I guess you were, but you're just yeah, very young. I but I, as a young atheist in the pro-life movement, I felt 
there wasn't someone like me. Mm -hmm. But now I, we're the most diverse. I say we're an empire knitted of, of we're an empire of love that knits together countless tribes. Mm -hmm. And so what do I want to see more of? I know what I want to see more of, but I would say that the, the person listening, art has become so tribal. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You're communicating to people with, in a way that they would understand. You're speaking their language. You're communicating the same transcendent truth. This human person has an incomparable dignity and beauty and worth. But how I'm going to communicate that to um, a middle-aged Methodist pastor in a suburb of Ohio is different than I'm going to communicate that to a young man raised in a 17-year-old in the south side of Chicago who didn't have a father and never went to church a day in his life. Right? So I think that who we are, I love the shirt that I'm wearing from Abby Johnson that says, find your tribe and love your tribe hard, something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Find your tribe communicate to your tribe and don't I when I make a film I don't really think about trying to communicate to everyone mm -hmm. I think about you know what I want to say and to whom do I want to say it yeah like who specifically you're trying mm -hmm. to reach and then and then through tribes you can reach everyone you know like if you look at the passion of the Christ mm -hmm. would you call that a Christian movie I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, you would, but it's yeah. not, right? It's not a genre film that made a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who aren't Christians yeah, went to see that film. It's like, this work of art that transcends. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a Christian. And you, go, you, you could be an alien from Mars and not know anything about Jesus Christ. But the, the passion of the Christ would deeply resonate with you. And you would leave, you would leave the theater repulsed by violence, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so that is, okay, so that is something, and that's a very Girardian topic. I always say that Mel Gibson is, and Steve McAvity are the, the most Girardian, they probably never read Gir Girard, but they're the most Girardian producer-directors in Hollywood because Girard's whole thing is we need to unmask violence and make it repulsive. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would like to see more art that makes people repulsed by violence mm -hmm. because so much art makes violence attractive. Mm -hmm. So you look at the passion, they go, oh, it was a sick, violent movie. Really, there were less people killed in The Passion of the Christ than probably the average comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was like, what? One guy killed? Or two guys? Three guys? We maybe saw three guys killed. And uh, you watch James Bond, you see a hundred people killed. But it's actually exhilarating. You're excited to see them being killed. It, you make it uh, Avatar. People were cheering watching U.S. Marines killed. Right? So most films, most myth, actually celebrates violence. But what we want to do is tell the truth about violence. Show violence is repulsive. And you could look at Mel Gibson's other movies. You have The Passion of the Christ, Braveheart, When We Were Soldiers, Hacksaw Ridge, which is one of my favorite films. I wish everyone would see Hacksaw Ridge. It makes war repulsive. Um, and that's what I would like to see is films that make violence repulsive. Awesome. Thank you all so right. much. That's all I got. Thank you. <laughs>
our deadline for Create Encounter submissions is coming up very quickly on July 15th at 11.59 p.m. Submissions will close for this year's edition of Create Encounter. Um, so if you have something in the works, make sure you're finishing it up. If not, you've still got a couple days left to uh, get inspired and create some sort of pro-life or consistent life ethic art to submit to that contest. Um, if you don't know, Create Encounter is the special arts edition of our magazine, published every October. We're always very thrilled to see uh, the wide variety of creations people submit. Um, we get everything from poetry to short stories to visual art pieces, paintings, um, so make sure to check out the submission guidelines if you're interested in trying to whip something up in the next few days, um, or if you've got something in the works, uh, make sure you finish that up soon. <laughs> We're very excited to see what all y'all create this year. You can learn more about that contest at our website at rehumanizeintl.org slash create dash encounter. Alrighty, y'all. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to episode four of the Rehumanize podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Rehumanize, follow us on all of our social media. We're at RehumanizeINTL on just about everything. Uh, and again, our website is RehumanizeINTL.org. Thanks again. Thanks again.